visit Wash Your Hansington, where people wash their hands, cover their cough, and get the flu vaccine. Wash Your Hansingtonians are always friendly and germ-free. They love to give high-fivers, not high-fevers. We love soap so much we scrub for fun. We are Wash Your Hansington. Yes, we are Wash Your Hansington. Get vaccinated. Stop the flu. Brought to you by the Washington State Department of Health. city of seattle it's the mike cyber radio podcast your home for pop culture transformers independent artists interviews transformers and stuff and things also sometimes transformers and now here he is transformer party presidential nominee mike cybert hey welcome back to mike cybert radio i am your host if you'd like to get a hold of me i'm at mike cybert radio like us on facebook follow us on twitter and instagram call the mike cybert radio voicemail hotline 231-224-MIKE that's 231-224-6453 and write into that mailbox radio at gmail.com and this week we're finally going to get around to talk about Toy Fair New York 2020 as well as what's new in the world of the Transformers and more and in what has accidentally become an annual tradition um, our second annual uh, Toy Fair uh, New York discussion we welcome back to the show owner operator madman behind tfu.info the website the toy archive the youtube channel and the host of the transformers university podcast emmy award winner anthony brucali welcome back to mike cybert radio oh so glad to be back uh, is big brother rack on yet <laughs> <laughs> no but survivor sure is you uh, uh, yeah i have and i have not started it yet my wife has them lined up on the dvr i need to hop in on that Okay, very good. Well, I, I, I'm glad because that will prevent me from going on a weird tangent and going into it. Um, but I, I will leave a, a slight tease and say I'm really digging it. At a, at a time when I think after the last season I thought I was done with Survivor, um, this, is, this is exactly what the brand and what the show needs to kind of prevent folks like me from jumping ship entirely. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. So, uh, so you can look forward, uh, to that and, uh, you know, thanks for, uh, uh, taking time out of your uh, busy schedule to chat with us about, uh, the toys and the stuff and the things. Um, so like, like I had mentioned earlier, you know, like, uh, uh, we did a show like this last year and if I remember correctly, it ended up being, uh, before Toy Fair, it was more like kind of like a Toy Fair preview. And we kind of talked about like some of the leaks and some of the things that were coming. And really it, it was kind of like a, a space that I didn't really know what it was. Um, now a year later, I've, uh, you know, become a little more involved in the fandom, a little more involved and, 
a little more informed, so I kind of kind of know what's what a little bit. But since every podcast is somebody's first podcast, potentially, um, could you uh, perhaps explain in kind of like an elevator pitch? what New York Toy Fair actually is. Like, is it like a like a fan convention? Is it an exhibitor space? Kind of let folks know kind of what a, a Toy Fair is. Okay, so yeah. So New York Toy Fair is not a fan convention. That's the first, the first thing. It's not open to the public. Uh, it is only open to members of the toy industry, and that would be like marketers and, and uh, retail buyers for uh, big chains and small chains and comic book shops. And press, uh, and so uh, every year uh, the New York uh, the the Toy Association puts on this thing in New York at the Javits Center, which is the same place that holds New York Comic Con, mm-hmm. uh, where they they fill out uh, the entire convention center in New York City, and um, they have basically uh, toy makers, big and small, uh, fill out that venue uh, and offer either. Um, trade show kind of booth style uh situations where you can just walk up and see what they have and what they have available and and they're working in hopes to make sales to retail buyers to carry their product for the year um and then in the larger uh spaces you have uh the larger toy manufacturers and they're usually uh walled off uh sections that are appointment only that you would schedule either as a member of the press to take a tour and get a press tour or as a retail buyer of some sort uh meet with a sales rep to kind of go over uh, what their offerings are for the year, why they think it would sell, how much it costs uh, per case or per pallet, and 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 kind of line up uh, inventory mm. for that year. In addition to that, Hasbro does their own showroom offsite at another location uh, for that same purpose. But every year they also hold uh, what's called fa- uh, the Hasbro uh, Fan Media Panel. Uh, which is what they do usually to kick off the festivities. They do it the first day, uh, Saturday afternoon, and they invite um, select members of fan media based on their brand. So uh, Transformers, uh, Star Wars, Marvel, uh, now Power Rangers, G.I. Joe, and uh, Ghostbusters, usually some My Little Pony folks as well. Uh, and some oh, actually this year was a really large group. It was probably the largest I've seen in maybe five or six years um, to uh, the Time Center in New York, which is... Uh, uh, a little bit further away from the Javits Center than than uh, it's not right next door. It's it's a couple avenues over and a couple blocks up. Uh, it's where it's next to the New York Times building actually, and uh, they give a presentation kind of like uh, this year was a little longer because of all the extra brands. About about two hour presentation of, of what they have to come, and then they release us to the showroom in the basement where we get to see uh, everything that they've laid out for all those brands, or you know, and kind of do what you want. You can walk around. You can stay with the one brand that, that you want to cover. Uh, they make people from the production teams available to you to uh, interview. And uh, you're off to the races for another hour or so. Very cool. So uh, this uh, this fan brand panel, is, th- is this the one that has like all the pageantry and like, you know, singing and dancing and all of, like the production value? Is that, is that is that the right one I'm thinking of? Uh, yes. It, well, yeah, to some extent. Uh, it's, it's a glorified... Um, you know, business meeting to for the most part, um, in in a lot of ways. Uh, and this year they actually broadcast it on their uh, on the Hasbro Pulse Facebook page for the first time. So uh, a lot of people got to see uh, over the internet what I got to, what I've been seeing live for the last I don't know six or seven years. Hmm. Um, to, you know, it, and 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 very much you know to, for Transformers fans, for newer Transformers fans, this is a lot. These panels are a lot what like um 
when people talk about the glory days of BotCon, the old BotCon, mm-hmm. this is what the Hasbro panel was like at the old BotCon. You know, getting a reveal of everything to come for the year ahead, uh, presented by the Hasbro uh, designers and marketing team. Interesting. That that's because you know, like as I've talked about before, you know, I I kind of got involved in the fandom after all that is just a, a nostalgic memory. So to hear some of that that pageantry uh, kind of return to you know a, you know an official presentation from Hasbro uh, sounds really really cool. Um, so you so let's start with with Transformers because obviously that's that's kind of why we're here being uh, Transformers adjacent. We'll talk about tons of other cool stuff that you saw and um, a lot of the other cool brands as well. Uh, but you had mentioned that you um, I'm sorry. You had mentioned that there were um, interview opportunities uh, for uh, some of the members of the design team. Um, And I know from checking out your uh, YouTube stream that you had uh, the opportunity to uh, ask a couple folks a couple questions. Would you uh, like to talk about uh, that aspect of uh, the Hasbro fan event? Sure, sure. Actually, that actually fell apart (laughs) because we were all scheduled for a certain amount of uh, certain Uh time slots throughout the afternoon. And the the Hasbro main panel went on much longer than they anticipated. Um, I don't think they budgeted enough time for for gi joe and ghostbusters being added in plus uh the ghostbusters panel had um um ivan reitman and uh his son who's directing the new film and i can't remember his name but they had them both on stage yeah jason and so they had ivan and jason reitman on stage and uh they brought them out so like this whole thing went a lot longer than they expected and uh so everybody's uh time slots were just shattered uh so uh we basically checked in with the with our our uh pr rep with hasbro and then just kind of said uh let me know when you want me to do the interview and and so they came and grabbed us and we we did about 10 minutes with john warden and ben montana Mm -hmm. and uh you know it's funny because i know i had questions slated and they all kind of go out the window the minute you start doing the the conversation and uh you know we talked a little bit about scorpionock and about uh the future of titan class we talked a little bit about whether or not uh some of the lesser distributed figures from uh the end of siege would make it into Earthrise, uh and uh, of course we talked about uh barrowplane and, <laughs> and hopefully we can uh, hashtag make barrowplane happen yes uh, and uh i think i asked him one more question uh really oh and we I think we talked about quintessence a little bit so it's only we only had yes. 10 minutes so you know there's only so many questions you can get in in 10 minutes it went very fast and they were uh they were very generous with uh with their answers also and i yeah, because it was one of those things where where uh, they they were talking so much about Titan Class Scorponok. I'm looking at my watch. I'm looking at the ticker on the YouTube. I'm like, oh man, this this is going to be one of those Kevin Smith type of things where one person gets to ask one question and that's going to dominate the entire conversation. But uh, but it but it did. Uh, uh, there there were a couple other things like you mentioned, like the uh, uh, the Quintessons and. And it was one of those things where where I was listening to those guys. I'm like, have you guys watched the 86 movie recently? Because it almost seems like it, it's it, it's kind of weird. And, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but it almost sounds like um, they talk about it as if it's like a nostalgic thing that's kind of like out of arm's reach. Like, oh, man, I that that was a cool thing that happened, but I haven't really watched it in years that it just it felt kind of weirdly disconnected. But. 
I I also have my bias goggles on because that's that's a piece that means so much to me. So um, anyway, that that was that was just kind of my weird weird take on uh, on them talking about uh, uh, the Quintessons and how they kind of fit in. Yeah, I think some of that is is uh, coaching from their PR folks mm. that they're trying not to say too much. And I think some of it is the disconnect I could see a little bit. But I think it's also because you got to remember they work on these the things they're showing us now. They started work on a year and a half ago. So I, I feel like sometimes they're a lot further ahead mentally on on oh, what their yeah. next project is or the project after that. And and so they're talking about old work and trying not to slip up about current work. So they're, they're doing this bit of a juggling act. And so so some, that might be what, what you sensed in that disconnect. That's that's fair. That's a really good read on that. So let's, uh, you know, I, I, obviously we, we don't have the time and opportunity and really bandwidth or interest to kind of go through all of the announcements. But um, but there were a couple things I, I wanted to chat about. I mean, obviously got um, uh, your waves two and three of uh earthrise uh the new uh war for cybertron um uh, the the second part of the trilogy and you know some of the highlights i i wanted to talk about is uh you know you see a uh, deluxe rc uh, which I thought was really cool, but I I really like the uh, uh, the Alicon this uh, this Alicon g- judge. I am sorry the the Alicon guard, and I I think now that we have um, an Alicon guard and we have the Quintesson judge, um, I I'm I'm wondering and or hoping if we're ever going to see the uh, the Quintesson prosecutor and and the uh, Quintesson executioner. I've I've always loved all of those characters. So like I I I'm not really like a diorama rama guy, but if I had all those characters, I probably would be uh, tempted to make some kind of Quintesson pit because I just I I love the design of those characters. They're just so bizarre. Yeah, and, and so do I. And they're they're figures I never thought they'd make. Uh, in fact, and uh, you know how much uh, I am pretty much a non, you know, unlicensed third party guy. Yeah. Uh, the few unlicensed third party figures I own are the old Impossible Toys Quintessons, uh, because I never thought we'd see them after, um, after Energon ended. Mm-hmm. Basically, they had a chance to make Quintessons when they did Energon in two thousand four, and they uh, they did a, a pretty. Uh, bad job of it uh, they, they made one yeah for uh i don't know if you're familiar with the figure but its name is alpha quintesson right um and they um they had him the neat thing about him is that he was in the show and the dubbers decided to return refer to him as alpha q mm-hmm. um say that out loud fast and and you'll realize what they did and <laughs> oh <laughs> I'm not doing that on the radio. <laughs> that's no, no, no. But but that's that. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um, but they never they had their chance to kind of make classic style Quintessons then, yeah. and they didn't. So you know, I, I I'm 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 amazed that we're at this point where we have an Alicon and we have a Quintesson judge. I think we'll see uh, other Quintessons because I feel like they introduced it as a as a race and as a um, faction um, to deliberately do more down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's funny cause I'm watching, uh, I just watched Dweller in the Depths for, uh, for Transformers University. And, uh, there's two, there's, there's a whole bunch of Quintesson designs in that, that are, are, you know, not the main, you know, spinny right. head ones. And yeah. I'm like, we could do all of those. Yeah. That would be super cool. And, and I hope it's not another 30 years before we, uh, we get those characters. Um, let's see. So, um, 
I I don't know. I I I'll just turn in your direction. A- any particular standouts from what you saw in the uh, Transformers? I guess I I call it exhibit because like they they had um, from what from what I saw. And, and this was part of the reason why I wanted to chat with you, actually, because it's it's, you know, from my perspective, I'm seeing it from the outside in, like, you know, looking at pictures, the stuff folks are sharing videos, but not really being there. And what I found is that sometimes being there is a totally different perspective from seeing it um, uh, live. Uh, I I, um, I remember one of the things from last year's Toy Fair was the mysterious disappearing table of the uh, uh, Transformers 35th anniversary stuff with the cell shaded uh, Optimus Prime and Megatron and Sound Blaster and, and Blue Streak. And when all of you guys that were covering uh, uh, Toy Fair for media had no idea what the heck we were talking about. It's like, hey, well, what what'd you see on that table there? What table? So um, it, it's it's just kind of interesting the different perspectives of you know being being an outside viewer versus uh, somebody there on the floor. That was a very very long and convoluted way of saying. Um, uh, could you talk about your your experience and what you saw in uh, in the Transformers uh, exhibit and any particular standout figures? Sure, sure. So. It, it you know it's funny because it blows by so quickly uh you know you and and because the the presentation ran so long uh we were all kind of making a mad dash to kind of get as much as we can and get as much photos and information out to everyone else um you know it's funny the last year the the table swap we didn't know what any i didn't know what anyone was talking about until i was on my way home mm-hmm. because Everyone's like, what about the 35th anniversary figures? And like, and just like you were like, you know, where, you know, people are like, where are they? We were like, what are you talking about? There's no <laughs> table there. There's, there's, there's tables with masterpiece on it there. Like there's nothing there. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, uh, you know, it goes by quickly. It's a showroom kind of atmosphere. So um, you, you, there's a lot of dealing with weird lighting and, you know, you're not allowed to touch anything. So it's also kind of got this museum kind of vibe to it. So you have to be very careful about where you're going, what what kind of, you know, how you're taking your pictures. And, and you know, you're all jockeying for position. So um, getting details is really hard once you're on the floor, unless you're talking to someone or unless you're specifically looking for details. So, for example, like I um, I wanted to make sure that uh, Studio Series Devastator didn't have five millimeter ports uh, uh, in his crotch. So I kind of slid my camera on selfie mode up under his legs and took a photo just to make sure. Um, and he does not. So we can't do the the giant, you know, metallic testicles that were in uh, Revenge of the Fallen uh, from from a fan's perspective. uh the Quintesson Alcon, as we talked about, huge for me. Uh, between those two figures, and then you figure an, a previous Ultra Magnus, and hopefully a Cyclonus at some point, and then eventually we might even get like a Killing Jar repaint set, which would would be awesome. Um, Skylinks was really cool looking in person. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not super thrilled for him, but I love that the Commander class is continuing. I yeah. I just don't know if he's an eighty dollar uh, toy for a character that I, I'm not really terribly in love with. Uh, what I did like is the one they they went so far as to get NASA to kind of uh, vet the figure, the shuttle mode, and uh, the NASA logo is on uh, on the ship as is on the small MicroMaster Combiner space shuttle as well. Both yeah. bear the NASA logo. And uh, they've gone so far as naming uh, Skylinks' shuttle mode uh, Magnificence, uh, which is perfect for his character. Of course. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about Scorponok. I feel like, the, you know, he's the last, quote unquote, last Titan figure. I think we're going to get more 
going by uh, John and Ben's answer when I when I asked them that. Mm-hmm. But the last one we need to approach in a first run of Titan figures. Um, I, I he looks really good. I, I like he's he's just big and blocky looking. Um, the colors are really good. Colors are really uh, sharp and bright, so mm-hmm. it's saturated. So I think he's going to be nice. Um, I was surprised at how nice the Netflix uh, figures were um, for having more battle damage, which is the thing nobody wanted on them to begin with. Uh, they actually look pretty good with with really detailed battle damage decos as opposed to kind of the uh, you know half measure that yeah, was done originally. The smudgy paint and and that that was something I I wanted to spend a little time on talking about uh, perhaps when we uh, talked about the trailer for the uh, War for Cybertron Netflix series. But since we're here, yeah, let, let's talk about some of those figures a little bit because I mean they're they're all they're all repaints and and redecos of existing figures. Um, so um, apparently there aren't enough Chromias uh, uh, sitting warming the shelves so they've they've got to put more chromias out there but the uh uh yeah the thing with the battle damage i was going to ask you about how that looks kind of in person because in in the renders and in the the photos it looks pretty darn cool and it looks like I don't know, perhaps somebody at Hasbro may have heard all of us because like like you said, nobody likes the battle damage in in the in the siege line and any of those paint apps that can be buffed off, uh, folks have figured out. But like like, for example, I'm looking at uh, a sideswipe and, you know, he's um, he's got a lot of uh, distressed uh, details and I don't think any amount of uh, 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 paint thinner or nail polish remover is going to work on that battle damage that uh those folks are stuck with that deco and i can't tell if it was hasbro saying like oh you don't like the battle damage we're going to give you more battle damage or if they're just trying to make better battle damage what do you think i think it's it's better battle damage i also think that i'm I'm holding sideswipe right here in front of me because uh hasbro gave us these in the goodie bag and Mm -hmm. that was another a uh, fun moment at the end of the day is that, uh, um, and, and I'll try not to veer too far off from your question. Uh, Hasbro fine. gave us a goodie bag with uh, basically a Star Wars figure, uh, a Marvel figure, a Transformer, and um, a Power Ranger, and a box of Magic cards. And then all the Transformers fans were just hijacking people on the way out, trying to trade their other things for uh, the deluxe Netflix figure that was in you know, the, the Star Wars fans goodie bag or the Marvel mm-hmm. fans goodie bag. And so uh, I ended up walking home, coming home with four of the deluxes um, out of five, which is, is not bad at all. That's pretty <laughs> so, good. Uh, um, so the, the, the sideswipe one, just I haven't opened them yet. But the, the thing I've noticed here is the colors are very desaturated. So even the battle damage is more worn, um, you know, which is it's in stark contrast to his Autobot symbol, which is tampographed on his chest mm-hmm. in like that regular kind of saturated red. But it, it it creates kind of more of a weathered look. It's almost as if they did a, you know, a, a Livio Remindelli version of figures. Yeah, because uh, the show kind of has that vibe to it. And I feel like these toys tend to have that kind of uh, color palette, his, his kind of, you know, rusted kind of faded yeah. color palette. I, I remember, and again, I'm jumping all over the place because I'm so excited to talk about this. When, when I watched the trailer uh, for uh, War for Cybertron, that was the 
first thing I thought. I mean, especially looking at the thumbnail uh, with the way Optimus Prime looks, he looks like a Livio Ramadelli uh, art piece brought to life. And I, I even tweeted at him. I'm just like, look at this. This is it's it's amazing. So I I've yet to really see kind of what his reaction uh, to it has been. But um, I, I really like that that muted uh desaturated kind of uh 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 dystopic uh color scheme i i've i've been a huge fan of his work from jump yeah and i think it fits it fits the story well i mean it's it's yeah. uh well no i rewatched the trailer and it's pretty good uh the voice cast is a lot of carryover from the machinima series oddly enough there there's certainly a few voices there but it's it's mm-hmm. the good ones as i like to say <laughs> good voices that have carried over um it is uh i forgot the good gentleman's name but the guy who did sassy megatron from combiner wars mm-hmm. is is megatron in the series and uh an old friend of mine frank Tadaro, who uh has been doing starscream for those series and he's kind of a, a fan that has turned pro uh, he is going to be Starscream in this series, so uh, it, it's good to see they're keeping some of the voice cast. Um, and I think there's some better writing involved. Uh, yeah. You know, you see Brandon Easton as one of the writers. You see Gavin Hignight, who's on Cyberverse, uh, as one of the writers. Those, you know, those those guys hopefully will will lend a little more um, uh, viability to the writing and, mm-hmm. and with a slightly longer um, episode format. Uh, but watching the trailer, you know, the trailer, the animation looks okay. I'm not 100% sold on the animation. It looks yeah. a little, um, let's call it budget animation for, ah, you know, for lack of a better term. Fair. But um, you know what? If the story's there, it won't matter. And I, I'm just hoping the story is there. Uh, but, you know, one thing I noticed in the animation that was kind of neat. Um, there, there's a couple little uh, nods to the original series. There's the in the trailer. There's a shot of like Bumblebee and Wheeljack being surrounded by uh, seekers, and I and then yeah. Optimus shows up. It's kind of like the big like moment in the middle of the trailer. And I'm like, I wonder if that was. I, I actually um, uh, uh, the producer of the show was was there on the floor at Toy Fair, and I kind of asked him. I said, was that a nod to like the orig- first episode? He, he didn't really want to say yes or no, but that's kind of the vibe I got because the show, you know, the original. G1 starts out with Bumblebee and, yep. and Wheeljack, you know, grabbing Energon sticks, you know, and uh, I feel like that was a slight nod to that first episode only with Optimus Prime showing up. And uh, and uh, the other thing I noticed in uh, the trailer, um, if you look uh, every time they show the Seekers and every time they show the Decepticons, there is Jetfire with a big Decepticon symbol hanging out with them. Oh, I may have missed that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's in multiple shots too. I mean, it's not like oh, it's like oh, did I see that right? It's like nope, that's there. It's very explicit. Oh, that's yeah. right because that that's a part of uh uh the siege jetfire right? It has like the rotating uh, uh symbol if I remember correctly. Yep, that's correct. That is correct. Interesting. So that that'll be cool to see how they incorporate that in uh into the story. I'm also interested because like I mean we. Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but we didn't know anything about any of these these uh, uh, specific Netflix uh, repaints going into Toy Fair, did we? Uh, that morning they leaked, thanks to oh, Walmart's okay. computer system. Uh, there, there was basically everything that could have leaked uh, did, with the exception of the Selects, uh, Generation Selects uh a four pack of cassettes, which yeah. was on a product listing somewhere, but no one knew who which cassettes we were getting. Ah, gotcha. Um, and so uh, that was the only one that didn't leak uh, during uh, prior to show that and um, uh, the Quintesson snake. Uh, I forget. I'm trying to remember his name, but uh, uh, and that that even kind of the name, I think, had leaked, but no one knew what oh. it was. And that's a 
I that is uh, a reference to an old unproduced headmaster uh, figure from from the eighties. Deep cuts. That's that's awesome. Um, and you know, I mean, so like one one of the figures that that kind of uh, caught a bit of attention was uh, Decepticon Mirage. And you know, folks are kind of speculating. It's like you know, is is he in disguise? Is he a Decepticon that turns? You know, it's uh, uh and and of course that that's a um, a bit of a trope that kind of goes all the way back to G1 with uh, with uh, that one episode with uh, Cliff Jumper. So it's kind of interesting how they can just take like even like the the smallest fragment of something and expand it out into into something now, which is kind of interesting how how deep cuts they can go. Yeah. And um, the reason I think that speculation has been going on, the toy only says Decepticon Mirage, but the slide that Hasbro used during the presentation said Decepticon Disguise Mirage. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. Huh. All right. Well, I, I need to do more research on that, I guess. that's a... No, it was one of those, if you blinked, you missed it yeah. kind, of, kind of situations. So, uh, so if you hadn't seen the presentation or if you weren't really listening to what they were saying, then you didn't pick up on Decepticon Disguise Mirage. But... Because everything else just says Decepticon Mirage on it. Oh, okay. I got you. Um, okay. So with regards to uh, the toys that are being offered and were displayed, uh, you're you're usually uh, notoriously optimistic. Like, you know, oh, I like this. I like this. Anything that you saw that you didn't especially like? Uh, no, no, I, I'm always, I, I, you know, I always feel it's a good time to be a Transformers fan. Right. I think the one, the one thing that's, that's starting to grate on me. Um, and the thing is it's balanced out by some of these other lines. It's balanced out by studio series. It's balanced out by Cyberverse, uh, to some extent is, um, the lack of newness in generation or the lack yeah. of, um, uh, branching into things that aren't G1. Like we're slowly retreading the entire first six years of transformers from from 84 to 90 right and um you know like i mean look at the character choices this time around and it's great we have some great you know deep cuts character choices but it's it's double dealer and it's skylinks and it's you know there but on the other hand there's airwave as a deluxe and fast track as a deluxe Mm -hmm. um those those are you know they're neat ways to get some really oddball characters in there but they're still sticking to things that happened in those first six years. And it just feels like it's a race to redo the entire run of 84 to 86 while still having to do an Optimus every year and a Megatron every year and a Starscream every year. Um, so I, to some extent, it's it, it has its pluses and its minuses because, hey, we're getting an Alicon. We're getting a mm-hmm. Quintesson, right? Um, you know, so that kind of situation... Um, it makes me worry about the future of the line. Like, where are we going to go? Because it's either we retread the old, you know, the, the the core six or eight characters, and then the you know the the main like twenty characters, yeah, and we pepper in these other people throughout, or we go full, you know, uh, characters that nobody outside of the fandom knows, which would never sell. So like, there there's a balancing act here. Um, that I just I just don't know how they approach it. I guess you know Star Wars has done it to some extent. Marvel has done it to some extent. Um, I just don't know. I, I think it's new for for me as a Transformers fan mm-hmm. to see us go through this uh, cycle of you know Optimus, Megatron, Grimlock, Bumblebee, Starscream, Soundwave, Shockwave, Rinse, Repeat. You know, and it's yeah. uh, uh, it, it, it's it's going to be it's going to be an interesting you know few years and to see the next step. But those things are filled out by the other 
you know, those other lines. The the Cyberverse line has some really fun stuff, and they introduce some new characters that look uh, fun. And no, knowing that line and how it works, you know, if you don't like the toy they did at one price point or one style, they're mm-hmm. probably going to do it at another style at another price point. Well, and that's one thing that, that really strikes me as awesome about kind of like the state of the Transformers brand in terms of toy offerings. There, it, There's literally something for every taste, and, and I think that's great. I agree. And then, you know, and then you have bot bots, which are just pure fun and <laughs> uh, rescue bots, which is perfect for, you know, the younger kids. And, and so there, there, there's certainly something for everyone there. And um, it's going to be fun to see how they they adapt the main line going forward, because Studio Series is kind of its own little offshoot. And they're they're going to try to kind of do that for what it's worth. And after mm-hmm. they finish Devastator, like they've already started moving into the wreckers and they've already started doing. Uh, you know, we got this beautiful Blitzwing figure coming from the Bumblebee movie that yeah. that looks incredible, um, and and you know they'll get their mileage out of that line to some extent, and and it's going to be fun to see what happens for Phase Three of this series, and then beyond that, and then what's after Cyberverse because these you know the younger lines tend to only have a shelf life of you know three to five years. Um, yeah, so it should be fun, and I try to look to these other brands to see how they do it. And in the Marvel, the Marvel offerings this year seem to be um, built on the fact that Disney acquired Fox, so now yeah. they can finally do uh, likenesses of of the Fox actors in in those movies on those toys. So we got, you know, we've got the Hugh Jackman Wolverine figures coming, and we've got a. Uh, which was, I thought was really cool. But the one thing I thought was amazing is they're doing uh, a two-pack of Magneto and um, Professor Xavier mm-hmm. as either the first-class heads or the original movie uh, heads with uh, McKellen and Stewart. And just having a Patrick Stewart head that you could swap onto any you know Marvel body seems a, a lot of fun. Yes, <laughs> there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a lot of fun to be had there. Now, um, so we've kind of spilled over into uh, the other Hasbro brands. Uh, what else in in uh, Marvel and perhaps Star Wars? I, I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, saving GI Joe for a little bit because I, I want to spend a little more time on that. But um, but aside from GI Joe, what else did you see um, on the Hasbro? And that that caught your interest um you know the, the i think it was those the x-men figures in particular uh, always catch my eye uh as being a 90s x-men fan and a uh, fan of that like jim lee era of the comics uh you know there was nothing particular there wasn't any particular figure where i was like i gotta go get that one mm-hmm. um i did like the fact that they they had mentioned there's some new engineering involved with the marvel figures that are um uh, just completely different than what they're doing now where there's a lot of hidden joints and a lot of um, figures without pins. Uh, so it's going to be in- interesting to see how they do that that um, that sort of engineering. Nothing really in the Star Wars realm uh, jumped out at me, but that's also because I was... Um, I'm kind of behind. I still have not seen the last film. I haven't watched Mandalorian. So I was half paying attention to some extent because I didn't oh, want to be spoiled. Uh but, you know, the thing with Star Wars that it kind of got me where I was like, you know, I don't know if I love this idea is the retro series where they where they're doing the, the you know, three and three quarter yeah. inch figures with five points of articulation. And, and I'm not a fan of the square Kenner style waist on, on those figures. Um, but I like that they're trying to do every so often they'll throw a character they never did as, at that scale and, and do it in that line. I think that's pretty neat. I almost want to see Transformers do that where maybe they do a. You know, a G one styled windblade or a G one styled drift, where it's yeah. it's clearly meant to look like a, a toy from the mid eighties, but uh, you know, the same kind of engineering, but but 
uh, that you know to evoke that character. I think that would be kind of fun. Oh, that would be cool because like like first that those were the first two characters I thought of when you said that. You know these these uh, kind of fan made characters uh, that have popped up in in recent years. But then after that, I thought you know kind of how uh, Ectotron is is packaged with the retro style packaging. But then you start talking about retro style engineering, and yeah, I I kind of almost want to see new style characters with really kind of almost a clunky style uh diaclone uh old ho- holdover uh type of type of things i i could almost see uh drift kind of looking like uh like g1 springer you know ca- kind of right. like that where right or a, a headmaster rc done in the style of you know a- the 87 handmasters that would mm-hmm. be a lot of fun that, I think that would be really cool. I think you and I and some of our friends might be the only ones that would buy those because it it is kind of uh, you know kind of throwback style engineering. But um, but yeah, I agree with you with the with the uh, the retro style uh, uh, Star Wars cards because um, like I like the aesthetic of the uh, of the Kenner cards, but I don't need like fake weathering on it. For for example, like you know, it's like I I like the Super Seven stuff. I think maybe there's a little too much of it, um, but maybe maybe that's different legislation. But yeah, it's just the, the, I'm with you. There, there's something just kind of off about the uh, the the Star Wars retro collection that it's not quite my jam. You know, it is. I think at, at our age, I know I felt like I missed the boat on Star Wars. I, like Jedi was just be- just out around the time like I was starting to get into toys around you know five five years old or so, like mm-hmm. into action figures, and uh, um, I went straight to He Man, and it's like. That I missed the boat on Star Wars and I never really got in beyond just like, oh, you know, they're fun movies. And um, I think, you know, as a as a generation, we had G.I. Joe and uh, G.I. Joe had the, you know, the the O-ring, the O-ring hips and, yes. and a lot more posability. And 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 you look at those Star Wars figures and, and you don't necessarily see the appeal. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's I mean, the the classic three and three quarter inch Joe with the, with the O-ring and the, and the swivel arm battle grip. I mean, I still think those are some of like the most fun and best posable figures. Um, and again, maybe it's my foggy nostalgia goggles, but it's like, for me, that's, that's always what the standard I've always kind of held with, you know, like in terms of like, you know, it kind of like really threads that needle between uh, posability, fun factor and, and detail. You know, it just seems to like have like just enough of everything and not having too much of one thing. Like I like Marvel Legends just fine. I I like Star Wars Black uh, Black Series just fine. But there's yeah I I don't know. There's um actually I'm going in a different direction because I you know keeping it in three and cre- three quarter scale. I I still have yet to see figures that for my liking still compete with the old Joes. It's like I I still can't divorce myself from that comparison yeah i could see that i i mean i think the more the late late run joes and and some of the the star wars stuff from from the early 2000s like um when they get away from the o-ring and get to just you know ball joint kind of situations and even those i mean i love those old um i guess it's funny calling them old now but the marvel uh universe figures the marvel infinite figures they were three and three marvel oh, at yeah, three and three yeah. quarter inch scale um, I think they did a phenomenal job uh, on those, and, and they weren't O-ring, but they they had um, they were they were O-ring in spirit, right? So they kind of yeah. gave you that same kind of postability, swivel arm, wrists, you know, and even more so with ankles and 
and and and knee you know the knee articulation or double jointed knee articulation. Um, I, I think we're not seeing enough of those, and we're not seeing enough of those at the right price point. Yeah. Surprisingly, um, Jazzwares is doing a really good job with the Fortnite figures mm-hmm. uh, with those, um, which I know nothing about Fortnite as a as a forty one year old male. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I need to be about thirty five years younger to really get it. Yeah. But um, I've picked up a few of those on clearance at Ross, and they're great figures. I mean, super detailed. They have one one major flaw in them in that the 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 post, the, the the hole in the foot tends to be forward on the foot instead yeah. of at the heel, which makes it for weird for balance. Uh, if they had just drilled that hole on the back end of the foot, I think a lot of those toys would be like those toys would be absolutely perfect mm-hmm. in terms of being like the right combination of detail and accessories and likeness to whatever character that I don't know what, what they are <laughs> um, is. But uh, I think that th- that's kind of the combination you're looking for. And, but I like the wackiness of them. So some of them are just so weird. I'm like, I'm yeah. going to pick, like I picked up at target the, uh, the Christmas set they did with these gingerbread man and woman. Okay. Uh, toting like candy cane colored, you know, M 16s and, <laughs> and, and a baby in a backpack, a baby gingerbread in a backpack. Oh my gosh. I'm like, this is weird, but for 10 bucks, I'll buy it. And, <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> because yeah i re- i remember i mean like there's a there's a character that looks eerily like firefly from uh from gi joe and and that was kind of like an example a lot of folks were using it's like well if jazzware starts making joe figures at that scale we've already kind of got a proof of performance in uh in in that in that particular character yeah yeah and uh i you know i, I at the javits center i did get to tour the Jazzwares uh area that was my first appointment of the uh the day uh and i did not get to see their their Fortnite stuff because it wasn't done being set up oh and yeah and that was behind closed doors behind they're already closed doors of their booth. So uh, I don't know how super secret that was, if they were even allowing photos. I haven't gone back and researched uh, what they were actually showing. Uh, I did get to see their Micro Machines offerings, which, again, that's one of those ones. If I miss Star Wars on one side, I think I miss Micro Machines on the other side of, of just getting older. Yeah. Uh, but the but the offerings were really cool. I mean, they're doing a lot of stuff where with Chase figures and like a, a silver and a gold figure that's like, uh, the silver is one per case, and then the gold is one out of every ten cases. And they're doing, you know, this this neat kind of uh, uh, micro machines uh, setup where they're kind of really trying to bring it back. And they, in their displays, they even incorporated a bunch of original uh, old school micro machines figures just to show that they all still fit in and all work together. That's cool. That that's really neat. That's really neat. I like that. Um, so now, now that I've dragged us all over the place, uh, topic wise, uh, why don't we stick with that and and um, talk about uh, some of the other uh, vendors uh, that you hit while you were in the Javits Center proper? Because I I know there were a couple other cool places that you hit as well. Sure, sure, and, and it's in some of the places we've talked about because I have a keen interest in three and three quarter inch figures. I mm-hmm. think it's a great scale. Uh, I missed out on Boss Fight Studios, who who do a lot of really great niche uh, three and three quarter inch stuff, um, and I usually try to check out their booth. So uh, just to plug them here, uh, definitely check out Boss Fight Studios uh, if you like three and three quarter inch. They do a lot of um, uh, things that are kind of public domain, you know, wizards and 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 you know, army uh, soldiers from various points in history and stuff like that. Oh, cool. 
Um, but let's see. So from from Jazzwares, I went down to the Super 7 booth, uh, which they have every license under the sun, it, it appears like. And uh, they do. I like what they do. I don't know if I love the five points of articulation kind of uh, setup, yeah. but they do do. They are doing Transformers. They showed off their their uh, waves two and three, which had Perceptor and Devastator and uh one of the cone heads, I can't remember offhand. I think it was Thrust or Ramjet. Watch it be Dirge. I was going to um, say, I thought it was Dirge. but <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and No, you know what? It was Dirge. Uh, they also had an Alpha Trion. Actually, the Alpha Trion feels like a must purchase for me. I think that's yeah. neat. But, you know, these sit at a 15 to $20 price point. So these things, you know, for, for the amount of articulation you're getting in these figures, it's, it's – um, you know, you have to really want it, I think. Like, yeah. you're not going to – they don't really do sales. They don't really clearance out their stock. Um, so so that that would be the one thing, uh, you know, I would recommend when you when you look, you look at that stuff. But they do so many different licenses that it's kind of neat to get these figures all at the same scale. They're doing a Voltron and they're doing um, – they didn't have them, but they had the card backs. They're doing gem characters. Yeah. Um, they're doing uh, Ninja Turtles. So you could get – you know, Ninja Turtles at three and three quarter inch scale, uh, plus all the villains in April and Splinter, and um, they do they do He Man, they do uh, uh, actual real baseball players, uh, living and dead, and mm-hmm. then they on the on the flip side they do a whole bunch of musical things, and you know my love of heavy metal, yeah man. Um, they're doing, uh, you know, they've they've got a lot of really good heavy metal licenses. Uh, last year they they introduced a Megadeth license. They're going to mm-hmm. do Vic Rattlehead. They're they're um, their mascot. They've been doing Iron Maiden's mascot Eddie in all of his incarnations from various album covers. Right. Uh, this year, they introduced that they're doing uh, uh, the. Uh, I, I call him the Walking Dude. I don't really know his <laughs> real name, but he's the guy on the cover of Anthrax's Among the Living. Yeah. Uh, so they're doing him. They're doing. Uh, they did the Motorhead mascot last year. Now they're doing Lemmy Kilmister. Uh, young, and I was talking with the uh, the rep from Super Seven. They're going to do him through his career. They're going to do him older as well. Uh, so you'll you'll follow him with you know different changes in appearance and and clothing. That's cool. Uh, they're they're also doing Slayer's um, Live Undead album cover with the zombies. That's like a three pack, uh, and and it's got like the, the 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 grave that they come out of as an accessory. <laughs> um, they've been doing for years they've been doing the misfits the band uh not the gem characters which is going to be weird <laughs> when they gonna get to that it's going to be very confusing they've been doing misfits album covers and just recently they started doing jerry only from the misfits as a as a figure mm-hmm. and uh the rep had mentioned to me that they actually uh they were in the process of really close to signing glenn danzig um to which i then asked would he be smaller than the other figures but <laughs> apparently he, apparently he will be the exact same size uh as the rest of the figures but they're going to do dancing through his career with the misfits and sam hayne and then solo uh so there's a lot of really wow. neat uh and then they're all from heavy metal they're also branching into uh the hip-hop world uh they did uh, last year. There was a, a, a Soundwave figure that came out that was a Def Jam exclusive. Yep. Uh, that was done in, and it was actually supposed to be an LO Cool J uh, Soundwave, but the licensing deal with LO Cool J fell through at the last minute because they already have those cards printed up and they slapped a Def Jam sticker over them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's supposed to be the um, I forget the album cover, but there's an album cover with LO Cool J where there's a boombox on the cover and Soundwave is in those colors. Um, they're they're doing uh, Biggie, they're doing ODB, and they're doing some other uh, hip hop artists as well. I think those were the two that stood out to me. Awesome. Um, I don't, 
Yeah, I don't know if they're going to do Biggie and then do Tupac because that'll be weird. Uh, <laughs> well, they'd be they'd be in scale. Reenact. <laughs> oh man. Reenact East versus West. Just <laughs> really strange. That's a that that's an uncomfortable play pattern. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to say the least. Yes. Oh um, and so Super Seven. If you like three and three quarter inch, and you're fine with just those those you know finite points of articulation. Oh, they're also doing. Um, Back to the Future. Yes. And they had a um uh, a version of uh they had a, a prototype of the Michael Knight figure they're gonna be doing. So they'll be doing back to the they'll be doing Knight Rider as well. Oh my gosh. See, and and it, it's one of those things where like all of that stuff is awesome because like I, I remember every time there's a toy fair, it's like, you know, and I'll I'll see like usually it's stuff you post, sometimes it's some of our other friends as well, but I'm like, I'm buying that. And I almost never do. Yeah, because they go at, tw- at fifteen to twenty bucks a pop. You're, you you start to make your your selections very you know uh, uh, choices very wisely, right? Exactly. Um, and they're also doing uh, they they were doing a lot of neat stuff. I gotta admit, they were they're also doing their their super cyborg line, which is like the kind of like the uh, this I don't know what it was called, like the see through man or the invisible man, uh-huh. but with. Um, with you know they've done it with optimus prime they've done it with megatron they're going to be bringing Soundwave uh next year oh, man. and uh the cobra the cobra bat is the other one they're going to be doing yeah and, see that uh, that's year. awesome that that's probably going to be worth picking up too because uh you know bat was always awesome with like the lenticular chest and to like you know take that aesthetic and make it make it that that clear past plastic uh see-through i think would be really really yeah, with the bat, you know, having a giant sized bat among your your GI Joes kind of makes sense in yeah. some way. Like, there's, there's some you know weird alt reality where Destro has made a giant bat, right? Sure. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? That's awesome. Right. So, uh, uh, last question on the on the Super Seven stuff. You you uh, um, is uh, Devastator? Is he larger than the other figures, or is he still three and three quarter? No, no, he is he is like two or three times the size of one of the regular figures. Dang it, <laughs> man! That's what I thought I saw, and I, you know, regardless, even if it was three and three quarter inch, I'd probably have to get that one. Dang it! Um, all right, so uh, let's see. So that was that was a uh, Super Seven. Uh, who else? Uh, who else did you visit? So let's see. So moving on from there, there's there's a couple booths you can kind of just visit, and especially in that area with the smaller smaller dealers, uh, smaller toy makers. Uh, so I popped into Mezco's booth because they also do three and three quarter. Um, they had uh, more updated versions of the Adams Family figures they're doing next year in their five points line, which is very similar to Super Seven's uh, reaction line. Uh, the neat thing I saw there is they're doing a Batman sixty six set, um, which comes with a Bat Cave and Bat Poles and like Alfred and and a bunch and a Batmobile and it's it's I don't I don't know what it's going to retail <laughs> for but it was it was super cool looking it's got like every detail from from the '66 Batman series on there so I, I like the idea they're doing play sets as well and they're doing Scooby Doo which I think is is kind of neat so they they've got the the Scooby Doo gang and <laughs> and some of those monsters uh, ready to go oh, that's uh, further down that line there was also. Um, uh, Flame Toys was there, uh, which uh, certainly had some news that week uh, with with uh, the release of the prototype images yes. of their, you, their uh, Windblade model. That that was which, that was in my notes. I didn't want to. I didn't want to miss that. Okay, well, we, there's not really much to talk about because it wasn't there. Ah! So uh, 
<laughs> so they did not have it on hand. Uh, they did have the IDW Rodimus on hand, though, and that yeah. that figure looks really cool. And I'm he really looks excited for that really one. cool. I mean, he he looks like a Jack Lawrence uh, 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 stepped like right out of the pages of Lost Light. I really like it. I want to I want to see that figure in in the uh, the blue purple indigo uh, color scheme. I think that would be really cool for that for that model. Kit. Yeah, and I hopefully they'll do they'll do both. I mean, there's really no reason not to and i think that'll get them some longevity out of out of the tooling for sure uh so while we're here while we're here let's 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 dip into controversy just a little bit i i know in in the usual content you do you kind of kind of steer clear from headline stuff but i i uh, i can't help myself and i go uh hip deep in the muck before i realize what i've gotten myself into so let let's talk about uh flame toys windblade just uh just a little bit i uh you know, w- without uh, getting too deep into it, basically for shorthand, uh, the Chuds finally figured out that there's a Transformers fandom. And it was kind of like the day that I kind of dreaded because um, over the last few years, I came to Transformers fandom or came back to Transformers fandom because I was kind of burnt out on some of the toxicity in some of the other fandoms. And and I I felt like the the day like those tweets kind of went nuclear, I kind of felt like Doc Brown. I was like, oh, my God, they found me. I don't know how, but they found me. Run for it, Marty. And um, I don't know. I just I I I'm. Uh, to editorialize, I'm kind of annoyed with that uh, that particular modeling of Windblade. I'm not I'm not specifically against like you know I guess quote unquote uh, uh, stylized figures, but I don't know. I just at, at a time where you have. Um, I, I look at it in in context with the other figures in the line. Like they've all been pretty accurate to their depictions in the IDW comics specifically. Like the, you know both uh, their Optimus Prime and their Megatron all all look very much on model. This does not, and that's that's what kind of bothers me. So I don't know. I guess uh, um, pick your brain. What uh wh- what do you think about all this? Um, all right. So think you know talking about the model kit. Off the, off the top of my head, it's it's here's how I see it. It's an official product, and for something to be that far off model, uh, especially in that direction, that's on Hasbro to say no. This yeah. is our this is our IP. This is our property, um, and we don't want you to do that. Um, so that's I think where the failing is. It's not so much a sexualized version of of the character, mm-hmm. but that it's an official version of this character and. Hasbro hasn't decided to to step in and realize what um, what that character means to to parts of this fandom and and yeah. to people in particular. Um, so I think, and especially in terms of how that character has been represented in their fiction, in comics, and in in television uh, through the last you know almost what eight years now, give or take. Um, yeah. yeah. So I I think. I think that's that's where Hasbro dropped the ball. So I feel like people who are are bothered by it have every right to be bothered by it, um, and and have every right to voice that opinion and 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 you know, be as loud as they want about it. I think mm-hmm. you know the the chuds who are getting involved in this, uh, yeah, they're there for the clickbait. They're there to um, 
I don't know, push some sort of agenda that we, as a fandom, I don't think most people really care about. Um, the ultimately, ultimately though, you know, you have to vote with your wallet in in a situation like this. Um, you have to tell, you know, I, I think the people who, who need to be outspoken on this have been, and that's been great. Mm -hmm. And I think they need to do that more of that in, especially in the face of, of the idiocy that follows it and still following it. Um, you know, it's not my place to be outspoken about it because it doesn't affect me the same right, way. Right. Um, so I feel like if, if, if it affects you and it bothers you, yes, then you, you do need to, to say something about it. Um, mm -hmm. Especially if, if Windblade as a character is some sort of um, person or, you know, figure, fictional figure yeah. that, that means something to you, you know. Um, and then ultimately, you know, Vote with your wallet. If the, if if Flame Toys goes through and and produces this, don't buy it. Uh, and and I'm not saying you should need to tell other people not to buy it if they want it. That's their thing. But you know, ultimately, it comes down to uh, voting with your wallet and and not letting uh, something like this be successful. Uh, and and so the, the, that's the that's the other half of that equation. I mm -hmm. think I think it's unfortunate um, that it's it's come to what it's come and it's still happening. I was reading a tweet about it uh, today of a. Uh, uh, a fan who uh, uh, who was pretty outspoken about it and how she was treated after the fact by you know the swarm of internet trolls that that go along with it and you know it's mm -hmm. it's okay to not be uh, uh, happy about something and to to share that with Hasbro I think I think that's important and and so uh, I would say do you know don't silence your voices you know make them be heard absolutely and you know uh, i i think the key thing that that you hit on there is that this is an official hasbro product which i didn't realize until kind of the at kind of like the crest of the wave of of all the controversy and i was like my my first response was kind of a naive one i'm like wait a minute this isn't the first you know quote unquote over sexualized uh, figure. I mean, like, even for my brief time in the fandom, I I've seen enough of like these third party figures and like that 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 disgusting upgrade kit that we're not going to talk about. And you know, so th there's things like that that's been part of this. And I was like, well, well, what's what's different? What's different? And I thought about it. I was like, oh, that's it. I see now. So, and I I think. I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I think it's up to Hasbro to protect the shield, as it were. You know, it's it's their IP, and and you know, if if they're going after uh uh third party figures that are trying, to, I, I'm sorry, third party companies that are trying to make a Unicron figure, the same time they're trying to crowdfund theirs, it seems like there there's a precedent for Hasbro to step in when they feel it's appropriate. Um, I don't want to drag the room down too much, but I figured. Because uh, like I, I I guess like I I watched that video and I I'm I kind of wish I hadn't because it's 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 chud rhetoric you know it, it's just copied and pasted on on Transformers fandom it's the, it's the same garbage uh, uh rhetoric that that they put out so I I, I was I was uh, uh disappointed with myself that that I gave them the click but um, and, and and you also screwed up the algorithm for your uh for your YouTube feed. So <laughs> congrats on getting more suggestions. Yes. You're not wrong, actually. It's like, it's, uh. Whoa, those were some seriously hot takes. How do you feel about it? Let Mike know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Mike Cyber Radio. 
Anyway, so so I I wanna I wanna kind of uh, think about closing out on kind of like a high note. Uh, so because I, I wasn't sure where Flame Toys was in relation to Hasbro, since it's kind of uh, has Hasbro branded product, but it sounds like it was. Uh, separated and and part of uh, uh, the display in the Javits Center. Um, I couldn't get out of here without talking about GI Joe. So, um, you know how how much of the of the new GI Joe classified line did they did they have on exhibition there uh, during the Hasbro uh, event? So they had um, just three fi- uh, four figures, uh, all of which were announced or leaked uh, prior to the mm-hmm. show. So they had the the Snake Eyes that was available on Hasbro Pulse. The delu- that's the deluxe figure at at forty dollars, yep. and then Roadblock Duke and Scarlet. Uh, no Cobras were shown. Uh, so uh, the only Cobra, as someone mentioned in my Twitter feed, the only Cobra shown at Toy Fair this year was the one from uh, the Quintessons <laughs> in, uh, in Earthrise, and um, so it was it was just Roblox Duke and Scarlet uh, at the six inch scale and uh, and the Snake Eyes. I, I ordered the Snake Eyes already. I'm kind of yep. holding off on on the other three because I feel like Wave One toys tend to sit, uh, but I, I'm interested in seeing what the Cobras are for that for that portion of line but it's it's been a long time coming i think uh gi joe has needed uh that that upgrade into the six inch realm uh for mm-hmm. a few years now and i'm kind of glad hasbro has jumped on it yeah and i'm kind of surprised by well i'm surprised by a couple things one i'm kind of surprised by the timing um but also i i'm a little surprised but not disappointed about kind of how the uh weaponry is is uh shown like you know uh everybody except for snake eyes seems to have like giant laser guns which for anybody that watched the cartoon that's that's totally canon so um because i i saw some folks complaining about that it's like you know what's the deal with these dumb laser guns and it's like that that's kind of i i think if i were to uh, further speculate and editorialize, I would think that that's the challenge that uh, Hasbro has had with what to do with the G.I. Joe brand for uh, for these last several years because I I was I was at a TF Con once and uh, Rick Alvarez was there and he was kind of talking about um, uh, some other things but like uh, with regards to like a G.I. Joe and Transformers uh, crossover and uh, basically the um, the G.I. Joe folks needed it the Transformers folks were game, but they didn't really need it. And uh, part of the challenge is that G.I. Joe is basically a baby war brand, um, according to Rick Alvarez. And and that that stuck with me in like in terms of like the challenge. I think Hasbro has kind of figured out trying to what to do with G.I. Joe to make it a viable brand. Yeah, and I think so. To 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 kind of double back on a few things you talked about. So the the timing is is um, kind of perfect right now because you have yeah. the the Snake Eyes movie coming later this year. Um, I think this is all just to wrap up for for that. Um, one of the neat things about the Snake Eyes figure, I don't know if you noticed it in the photos, but they mentioned it uh, during the panel, mm. is that his weapons rack is the Arashikage logo. I saw uh, that. Like the, <laughs> and I was like, I, I didn't notice it the first time around. And now, then once I saw it, I was like, oh, I have to get that. That, yep. that is just awesome. Um, the, the second thing about, you know, the laser guns, and this goes to to your other point, I, you know, the problem with G.I. Joe, the hard, the challenge with G.I. Joe, I should say, is that it's hard to do a, a war brand in a post-9-11 world, right? Yep. So 
G.I. Joe itself, right, it's kind of born out of America post-Vietnam. So you have this, you know, this overwhelming, you know, you have this sentiment that, that Vietnam was kind of 10 years removed, right? Mm-hmm. And and so people's fathers and uncles and, you know, brothers served there. And they, there was a bit of a realism and a way to relate to the figures, um, and I think, and in what was still a Cold War world, so you can kind of create that 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 adventure around that with the idea of not necessarily other countries, right, yeah. but with terrorists. So the terrorists were these fictional kind of bad guys. Well, in a post nine eleven world, you realize the terrorists are real things, and 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 are real bad guys, right? So they they they're not fiction; they're real. So to create that in a toy line. Um, where you know the characters are essentially superheroes, right? Um, that's a, that's an, a hard balance to strike, mm-hmm. and I think now you know post post nine eleven, post Iraq War, and you know or you know Iraq War, Afghani War, you know in in their current state, um, I think it's a little easier to do now, um, but the movie will set that up a little bit more, I think too. And then, um, you know, you're going to have to create them as, you know, superheroes or as, you know, these these highly skilled kind of military units, almost like a, a military version version of Fast and the Furious. Right. So that they, they have this kind of vibe to them where they're they're not just, you know, they're the best of the best. Right. That's always yeah. what G.I. Joe is supposed to be. Right. America's elite, you know, highly trained special mission force. And I think if you focus on that, then you focus away from the, the terrorism angle because Cobra is a terrorist organization. Mm-hmm. That's the tricky part. So you have to get into Cobra as what is Cobra in in 2020 that it, you couldn't, you know, that you can do that you couldn't do in, you know, 1983. And I think that that's, that's the hard line they're going to have to walk. Uh, I don't know if you're reading the current IDW GI Joe reboot series. Um, it is amazing uh, what they've done with that book. Uh, it, it is uh, not the ongoing and not the ongoing real American hero, but the, right. the one that just launched uh, probably about four or five months ago. Um, they do basically the story as if Cobra had already taken over the United States and G.I. Joe is uh, a group of just normal people who are rebelling to try to take back their country. Uh, and it, it is a great take on the, on the story because these are people that don't really know how to fight. They're still training. They're still kind of figuring out who they are, mm-hmm. um, you know, figuring out how to deal with having just killed someone or losing someone that you, that you just fought alongside with. And it's, 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 you know, and, and destabilizing whole towns because, you know, you're trying to rebel, but they're trying to just fit in with, with, you know, the world going on and not get caught. Uh, it's such a great concept. And I really hope that they, they use that as part of the basis for, for Joe going forward. Yeah. See, I, I could see that really working as, as kind of a new take. Um, and, and, you know, the thing that's really sticking with me is your, your, uh, fast and furious analogy. And, and I, I think I'm, I'm starting to zero in on, on why, I mean, those, those movies are a, are a weird guilty pleasure of mine. I just, I, I, I think it's because it's basically, um, superhero movies, you know, with, with superhero sensibilities. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, they're a huge blast, and I think if if you bring some of that um, uh, diversity and inclusion and a lot of things that makes uh, the Fast and Furious uh, franchise uh, unique and and ticks uh, to GI Joe, I think that 
I, I think you got something there. That sounds really cool. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> you know, we'll see. Well, I mean, there's certainly going to be a nostalgia vibe to it. There's certainly going to be a let's do everything from 82 to 90 at the six inch scale because that's that's what worked for Transformers. So yeah. uh, I think the more successful the line is, is going to be based is going to show us what what we get down, you know, further on. So if 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 you've wanted G.I. Joe, then, you know, don't be like me and wait for wave one to go away. Support early <laughs> so that things go go on. I mean, uh, that would be uh, what I would recommend. The, you know, the more you you back it financially, the better it'll do and the better it'll do, the longer it'll run. You know, and that's that's exactly what motivated me to pre-order that Snake Eyes because, you know, again, like I said earlier, it, it's like, you know, it's easy for me to tweet, oh, I'm going to buy that, oh, I'm going to buy that. but And I, like, lingered on Snake Eyes for a while, and I looked at all the pictures, and I'm like, I need to buy this um, because it, it looks like it's going to be a really special figure, especially, like, in that deluxe scale, like like you were talking about. It's like the 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 FOMO was just too great that I just I just had to get it. So I, I'm I'm really stoked to get it. Yeah, I was the same way and I missed out on that first wave that that was supposed to ship on four one. Uh so I'm on the, the July first wave at this point. Oh, gotcha. I, I'd have to check. I, I might be I might be a July baby also. I don't remember, but uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um, let's see. So as um, a, as we get ready to uh, close out, um, any uh, any particular uh, uh, last things from uh, Toy Fair New York, either at the Hasbro event or just your your adventures from the show floor? Um, anything you wanted to mention that that we haven't touched on yet before uh, before sure, we move on? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So there. Um... Just thinking offhand, you know, from the Hasbro floor, you know, the Ghostbusters line being reintroduced. And again, that's one that I think I kind of just just missed or I didn't get into the movie and I kind of aged out as the the cartoon really took off. But I remember that was one of those things I'd always leave on in the background while I was doing something. And um, but those toys are being relaunched and they kind of have a Transformers-esque vibe to some of them because the Mm -hmm. ghosts are, you know, usually spring loaded or they're a person that has a ghost flip out of them in, in, in some way. Um I, I think again, that's another one that's great for the six-inch scale of, of uh, having these, you know, photorealistic versions of the classic characters. Uh, you know, you and uh, and hey, if you got a Bill Murray head that you could throw on a Spider-Man, that's really not a terrible idea either. <laughs> oh, uh, gosh, are, are uh, you are you a secret customizer? Because you you had mentioned earlier about like having like the Patrick Stewart head that you could throw on stuff. Uh, no, like- but. But yeah, I like the idea. Like the more I think about it, I'm like you know that that would be just, you know, just to throw throw you know swap pieces in and out. It just seems it seems fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So um, so what's new and exciting and upcoming with uh, Transformers University? What's uh, what's coming up on the podcast? Oh, before I hop to that, real quick, oh, just sure, want to yeah. tell you about one more thing I saw on the show floor because we were talking about three and three quarter inch figures, and I was in the uh, the Spin Masters area, uh, and they're doing DC uh, three and three quarter inch figures, and I'm not thrilled with totally how they're doing the marketing of them, um, but they are doing Batman, and then they're also doing a separate DC line where there's mystery packed, and I say that in air quotes, uh, accessories for these uh, figures, which are just the same accessories in different colors, but they're they're pretty cheap. They're on shelves now in Target and Walmart. They're eight bucks, and so for eight bucks, you get a, a Batman or a Superman or, or various you know side characters within those realms. Uh, with with fairly good, really good sculpting and fairly mm-hmm. decent articulation. Uh, they have elbow and, and knee joints, 
uh, but they don't necessarily they don't have ab they don't have any sort of waist uh, articulation, so you can't twist their waist or or do any sort of ab crunch. But um, for the for the eight bucks for the value, it's 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 pretty nice uh, if you just want to cherry pick a few characters here and there. But they're they're running that line uh, a few waves deep, so I got to see a lot of those. Uh, so there's some deep cuts like Superman. Uh, villains and and side characters and there's going to be um uh you know catwoman and and some of the deeper cuts uh batman villains as well uh in that so that was just one thing i wanted to talk about because they're uh they're doing really great stuff and some other yeah. things just on the floor um i was at super impulse they're they're doing world's smallest they have the license for uh ninja turtles and transformers and and masters of the universe at these really tiny scales but they're also doing um they do like mini arcade games, like world's smallest arcade games, one of which is a playable version of the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game. Oh it's only gosh. one player, but it's it's literally smaller than, you know, uh, a computer mouse. It's, it's so uh, if you wanted a portable version of that game that's fully playable, uh, that they had there as well. And on the flip side of that, one up arcade was there uh, who had the big success this winter with the Ninja Turtles uh, home version of that game yeah uh they're doing and they're doing nba jam uh as one of their offerings and uh, uh that just is you know that, as far as like the arcade pantheon of kids oh. who who were born in the late 70s and came of age in the early 90s uh that that probably belongs alongside of a lot of the other games that are there yeah, that's amazing. I, I'm just kind of kind of daydreaming, trying trying to figure out what would kind of be like on the Mount Rushmore of of iconic stand up arcade games. I mean, it's like you got your NBA Jam, uh, Mortal Kombat Two, uh, Street Fighter Two Turbo, um, and yeah, and you you throw in uh, Ninja Turtles in there too, and I, I guess Simpsons if you're feeling generous, uh, depending upon what day it is. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean a, a lot of great. Uh, classic cabinets. Yep, yep. So they were there as well. And uh, on there, the one thing that I thought that was neat they're doing is they're going to start doing pinball machines. Oh. And they're doing it. Yeah, they're doing uh, Star Wars. I don't think they're doing, I think they're doing the 70s Star Wars one. Like when they do the 90s one, give me a call. Um, and they were doing something else. But yeah, and then again, it's the, arca- the, the iconic pinball machines of 90s Star Wars, uh, early 90s Star Wars pinball and, you know, Adam's family. And, oh. you know, the, Probably wanted to. I, my personal favorite is Hook, the one from the film. Uh, probably had a better pinball machine than movie. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and you know uh, a couple other ones. But if they start doing pinball machines, uh, that's going to be amazing. Yeah, and and something at a a um, oh, what am I trying to say? Like like a scale that's able to uh, have it in your home. I I think that would be pretty cool because like uh you know way inside baseball here here at work, uh one of one of our engineers is a vintage game collector. He has a number of pinball tables, a lot of stand up cabinets, and he's got a whirlwind uh pinball machine. Uh, here in in one of the rooms that we can go play and stuff and it's great fun it really is but when you listen to him talk about the maintenance and upkeep and like because you almost have to kind of like be a scavenger to get like you know uh extra parts for it because all this stuff is all long since discontinued and there's like this uh like uh under subculture of like pinball enthusiasts that like swap parts and have parts parties and all this other weird stuff and it seems like a very expensive hobby and uh 
and you know just to get some nostalgia itches but having something at the um more approachable home level um i think would be pretty nice very similar to the one up uh, staten up cabinet cabinets that uh, that they've been doing absolutely Cool. So, um, so yeah, like as, uh, as we, as we get ready to close out, uh, what's, uh, what's new and exciting with, uh, with the podcast, what's, uh, what's coming up on Transformers University. Oh, wow. So we got a lot, a lot coming up. I'm working on, uh, the next episode, episode 80, uh, which is going to, uh, take us back to season three of the cartoon and we'll do another five episodes. Um, and we're actually going to start really tying pretty heavily into GI Joe, uh, oddly enough, as timing works out, because uh, only human uh, will be in this uh, uh, this episode, nice. uh, which features the villain Old Snake, and uh, uh, which uh, without spoiling a 35 year old cartoon, but uh, <laughs> there's some GI Joe ties there. Yeah. Uh, and then the episode after that, we'll be talking about uh, the first uh, GI Joe Transformers uh, crossover from Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've got some GI Joe related content coming up in the show. I also just came across uh, someone sent me a link to a treasure trove, and I, I, I kid you not, of um, scanned out of print transformers uh books some of which i've had to pass over uh because i couldn't find them uh through the first 80 episodes so those are going to be patreon exclusive uh episodes uh that will be coming down the line uh soon and uh additionally um our patreon uh which you're a part of uh just passed our 25 uh uh, patron goal, which means uh, at some point soon I will start to re-edit uh, the first three episodes of the show into uh, full video versions instead of just being a graphical slate. Uh, everything will be timed out and uh, synced up to uh, work with uh, video and and kind of have supporting imagery uh, to go along with it and then end up on the YouTube channel. That's awesome. Uh, very similar to your uh, Meet the Cast episodes, the, those kind of things where it's got got a little more to it. Yeah, I, that's why I chose the first three episodes as that that goal because episode four is the first Meet the Cast episode. Ah. So it'll it'll lean right up into that first one, and then we'll be able to create that playlist from there, and then uh, see how I'm going to see how long it takes me to kind of refocus them because I feel like they're they're going to be a bit of a time sink, but uh, I think they're going to be worth it, and I'm going to. You know, once I start on them, I'm going to try to do some uh, live streaming along with it or maybe some exclusive Patreon content. Kind of let you guys follow along uh, with uh, the the method behind the madness as I as I put those together. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, and uh, congratulations on hitting your uh, your first Patreon goal. I know it's been a long time coming, so that's uh, that's very, very cool. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, um, all right. So uh, and, and speaking of uh, folks can uh, support tfu out on patreon do you want to you want to talk about the uh the various tiers and and uh things folks can get in on there um and and maybe from there kind of transition into uh letting folks know where we can find uh transformers university and tfu.info on the internet which i realize now sounds very silly because you find it at tfu.info but <laughs> but you know uh so yeah yeah feel free and and promote the heck out of out of all of the websites and the youtubes and the wares and the social medias and all the places that we can connect with you sure so uh the patreon is patreon.com slash tfu info uh we have tiers uh that allows you to be a tfu uh, transformers university uh, student and uh, we have tiers ranging from freshman at one dollar to uh, super senior at ten dollars a month and uh each level of course uh between uh 
you know, uh, freshman, junior, senior, uh, sophomore and super senior, uh, allow you to get various different, uh, bits of access to the show. Uh, you can also catch me on Twitter. That's usually where I hang out at, at, uh, TFU underscore info. Uh, of course we have our Facebook page and Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. The username is TFU info on all three. And, uh, of course there's, uh, on the web, uh, at www.tfu.info, which I do have to remind people doesn't have a .com after it uh, a lot of the time. So you're not too far off in, in, yeah. in, you know, <laughs> in info. That is, com. that's how you get there. <laughs> it's .com. <laughs> oh, man. Very cool. Well, this, is a, this has been an absolute blast. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, chat with me about toys and Toy Fair and all these cool things that I need to buy now uh stuff that i think i was going to pass on i i probably have to have to do uh must buys on now um (laughs) (laughs) all right well uh uh, thanks a lot for staying up late with me i appreciate it and um, oh yeah thank you for having me yeah yeah of course missed last week's episode have trouble remembering that hot take you heard find it all in the full archive on soundcloud.com by searching mike seibert radio um, so, hey, before I sign off this week, want to let you know a quick update. I will be taking next week off. Uh, no new episode. Moving day is finally here. And if uh, if you've been following me out on Instagram, you've probably seen the pictures of our remodel over the last couple weeks as we've gone. And now it's finally all come together. Everything's just about done. And it's time for us to move into our new house. So um, I, I need a couple days that I'm taking off uh, from work, which also means uh, no podcasting. And uh, and after that, you know, after next week, um, we'll see. I've uh, I all have had a chance to kind of recharge and and reevaluate. And we'll see what the next evolution of this podcast ends up being, because it uh might be time to shake things up again. Uh, but honestly, it's it's I'd be lying to you if I didn't say that the last few weeks uh, haven't been exhausting uh, mentally and physically, you know, uh, between uh, finalizing the remodel, packing, moving stuff. And that's not even scratching the surface of the uh, the. I don't know, a constantly evolving situation, I guess we'll call it with the with the COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak. It's uh, it's really been a challenge trying to chase the bullet, as it were, um, as news breaks. And it feels like I've been trying to spin my wheels too hard and too fast trying to keep up. Um, Obviously, this is unprecedented for all of us. Um, and I just, um, you know, I, I, I put a lot of time and effort into, uh, preparation for like Emerald city comic con and crackle fest and really kind of trying to prop up those events. And it it left me with a really weird, icky, empty feeling that after, you know, like a month and a half of programming a podcast in kind of anticipation of an event that doesn't happen. Um, it's, it's just, it's just a weird empty feeling. It's kind of difficult to describe. And then, um, kind of being on this roller coaster of, 
okay, well, Emerald City Comic Con has canceled, but hey, there's this Puget Sound pop-up con, and there's hope, and there's, you know, opportunity to spread the word and get folks to uh, participate in something else. And then that falls apart. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's, you know, a disappointment for all of us all the way around. And I, I don't want to sound like I'm making lame excuses. I guess I'm just uh, kind of trying to trying to be honest with you here. But um, I don't know. It's we'll we'll see what happens after um, after I get moved. And again, that that might give me a a new attitude and some newfound motivation to uh, come back and rally because. Um, like I said, I, I've I, I've I've done the circular discussion with you where where I've just kind of talked about that. That was um, having all of that programming just kind of kind of get flushed, for lack of better term, was just kind of like been a, it's been a real hit to my motivation, and it's caused me to reevaluate perhaps how I want to approach the podcast uh, in the future. Um, if, uh, if maybe that makes a little more sense without being, uh, uh, too, uh, doomy and gloomy. Um, now on the other hand, as I'm sure you've seen Emerald city comic con has been officially rescheduled for the weekend of August 21st through the 23rd. Uh, that's going to be a three day show now instead of four and presumably, uh, crackle fest will end up being rescheduled for that Friday. Uh, but don't quote me. I don't want to get ahead of myself because there's been no um, official word or announcement from Camp Kirby Crackle. Uh, so stay tuned for those official lineup announcements uh, coming up in the next few months. Uh, but hey, for now, what I'd like to leave you with uh, is uh, is a few stray Twitter threads that I came across over the weekend uh, that you might get a kick out of. In the age of social distancing, Generation X gets its moment to shine. As health experts encourage social distancing to mitigate the coronavirus outbreak, Gen X claims... It is uniquely prepared to embrace the challenge. Uh, if social distancing is the game, Gen X claims they are winning. Uh, from Dana Fowl of Fox 5 News Atlanta, quote, Hey, Gen X, it's our time to lead. We were neglected latchkey kids who understand being alone. Forget how to do it? Recall, get off the bus, walk home, head into an empty house, make yourself a snack, and get your homework done. And no one knew you were home until dinner time anyway. And uh, from Lauren Huff, a writer at Vintage Anchor Books, shout out to Generation X, uh, the only generation who can keep our asses at home without being told the motherfucking latchkey kids, the generation used to being neglected by fucking everyone, will be the only ones left. We tried to tell you this overwhelming need for activities and direction was weird and lame. And now look at you. Uh, can't even stay home for a weekend. Motherfuckers, it's not hard. Turn on the TV or pick up a book and you fucking sit there and no one cares that you're bored. Fuck. <laughs> Listen, don't answer the door. If someone calls, you say she can't come to the phone. Then take the chicken out of the freezer and watch your brother. Um, Josh tweets, uh, boomers are going out. Millennials are going out. The only people staying in and taking this seriously is the one generation that will always get forgotten about. Gen X will no longer be invisible because they'll be the only ones left. 
Uh, Nathaniel Friedman, writer for Victory Journal, adds, I guess Gen X pride is a thing now because we're better than anyone else at ironic detachment, weathering boredom, and being okay with isolation. Uh, from Sean Kent, us hashtag Gen X kids grew up learning how to entertain ourselves with only four TV channels, a VCR, and no internet. We'll be just fine during the corona apocalypse. And finally, Elon James White writes, is, is that why I'm not stressed with this social distancing? I was a latchkey kid by age eight. Y'all think social distancing is your ally? You merely adopted being alone. I was born in it. Hashtag Gen X. And that will do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to listen to our past shows, subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show. Let us know what you like and what you'd like to hear in the future. Mike Seibert Radio is produced by Dave Sanders for Mike Seibert Radio. My name is Mike, and until next time, wash your hands and make good choices. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeSeibertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production. Bring me your TV. All your TV. You do not want to face the wrath of my bunghole. There must be more TV. More TV. More TV. Now. Repeat after me. I am the great Cornholio. I need TV for my bunghole. So, like, want to share our essence? <laughs> I'm a prophet. <laughs> it is not time. Uh, this place is starting to suck. 